Football, baby! Alright, here we are. It is Losing Sucks, episode 65. I am your host, Dustin Blanton, along with my co-host, Travis Masterson. And today, Travis, today of all days, it's not just a Tuesday. It's not just a, a day that we're recording a podcast. You know, we have a very, very special guest with us. We are joined by someone you have seen him on the Yahoo fantasy app you should be reading his articles on yahoo sports we are joined by fantasy football royalty ladies and gentlemen today we welcome in fantasy sports writers of america uh, or writers association um hall of famer and fantasy football legend scott pinowski scott how are you what's up i'm doing great that's a lovely introduction thank you so much i i just um for my family's sake, I'm just going to say it's actually Pianowski. There's four syllables in there. We were both wrong. I thought it was Pianowski. Uh, it's and funny. You know <laughs> um, my my co uh, my former colleagues at Yahoo, Brandon Funston and Brad Evans, awesome guys. They're both Hall of Famers too. They called me Pianowski for years, and I just whatever. I shrugged. I mean, yeah. you know, when when Brandon gave me a job, I was just so happy to work with them. Uh, awesome, right. awesome guy, by the way, and so is Brad. But. Um, yeah, I'm not hung up on name pronunciations. I mean, I was on the um, the Yahoo Fantasy Football forecast with Matt Harmon last night, I guess two nights ago uh, when, when this is finally released. And we were trying to figure out, is it Camara or Kamara? I think it's Camara. I uh, said Matt, Camara. I think, was saying Kamara. But, um, you know, as, as long as you yeah. spell it right, and you, you get it right when you pick them and he scores touchdowns for you. Everybody's happy at the end of the day. Maybe anyway, thank six. you. Thank you for the intro and uh, excited to be here and uh, talk some football with you guys. Of course, I uh, appreciate you, uh, you know, giving us the opportunity. It was a it was a pleasure to uh, briefly speak to you at the Fantasy Football Expo. Um, not sure, if I, it was a blur for everyone. Not sure if you even remember bumping into me. Oh, for sure. Uh, the highlight, fun. the highlight of my whole weekend was watching that auction draft. It was unbelievable to stand there right by the table and see guys that I've read articles and watched videos on for ten plus years. I'm like, they're right here. This is insane. Yeah, and you guys, I, the banter back and forth is awesome. It was a lot of fun. And you know, that's a format. Um, I, we call it salary cap draft over at Yahoo, but it's, you know, auction is the more common name that people recognize. I just want to say that anybody out there who hasn't tried it, give it a shot. I, I've, the, the years uh, I've been playing, I've been playing for a long time. You know, the fact that I got in the Hall of Fame just illustrates that I've been around for a long time. It kind of dates <laughs> myself. I, I don't know if it's a, if a feature or a bug at this point, to be honest with you. Because I rem- I go back to the days when we scored by hand. You know, you, you get out the newspaper right. and, you know, you called up somebody else. You said, oh, did you score 27 points last week or 28? Yeah. And you tried to hash it out. I mean, we actually thought it was fun. It's actually fantasy scoring is not right. fun. It's, it's fun to have the computer <laughs> do it for you. But... But the people right. – I've tried to introduce people into that auction format, and I would say the success rate or the retention rate of people who are like, yeah, this is much more fun because no right. more of this, oh, you know, I, I'm really excited to draft Jonathan Taylor. I got the 10th pick. I'm not getting right. Jonathan Taylor or, no. you know, Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup or whoever it is you want. Right. And, you know, the guy who gets the one pick, he's not getting Devontae Adams or, you know, he's not getting Jefferson or whatever. I mean, right. in an auction format, 
you can have anybody, anybody you want. You could have Cup, Jefferson, and Taylor on the same team. The rest of your team would probably be garbage. But right. if you can make it work off the waiver wire with $1 players, you can do it. So, uh, you know, sometimes I give long answers when they're not needed. This is one of those times. If you haven't, <laughs> no, tried, if you haven't tried the format, just give it a shot. And you, if you didn't like it, you didn't care for it, you can come to me. And No, you may not care for it because you may screw it up. The other thing with auctions is that things happen fast and furious. And there's a lot of what did I just do in an auction? Because yes. it's, it's not it's not like a draft where you see a common, okay, I got a few guys, okay. Oh, this guy lasted, I'll take him, fine. You know, I never feel like a draft shakes me. Right. Except maybe if you have like three guys on your list and they go boom, 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 and you're like, okay, I wasn't right. ready for that. But a, a draft doesn't shake you. An auction will scramble your head, but in all the good ways. It's like playing in the most challenging poker game you've ever been in, and then you walk out and you stumble out of there like – you know, like a scene for a cut scene from Rounders, like what just happened? You know, you feel like you just get right. beat up at the lodge, but in a good way. Yeah, so, uh, in right. y'all's draft, uh, we saw Josh Allen go for 25 and then Russell Wilson go for yeah. six. Mm-hmm. It was, I was like, how does this work? And Dustin was trying to tell me because he's played it before. I haven't played that format. And I got the Wi Fi on the flight home back to Dallas just so I could do mock drafts on Yahoo of these auction drafts the whole way back. I'm like, I'm addicted to this now. I got to get in one. Oh, there's so right. much fun. And, also, whenever if you ever look at if anybody observes the final results of an auction, it's a story told out of order. You know, un- unlike a regular right. draft where the best players all come at the start. You know, the first nomination could be Tony Pollard. The first nomination yeah. could be Isaiah Pacheco, or a defense. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, so a lot of times the pricing won't make sense because it's all contextual to who had money at the time, who felt like spending, yep. um, right. you know, stuff like that. So you have to keep that in mind or somebody sometimes may have like 11 bucks left. They've misjudged the room. And so they spend 11 bucks on the Denver defense. You're like, well, why did they do that? Well, it's because they just wanted to spend all their money. Might kind as of well. the, walk, the walk of shame of any auctions when you don't spend all your money because you can't do Oof. anything with it in most formats. Right. And you're just like, geez, I could have bought one more good player. Actually, yeah. which actually happened to me at the expo where I had enough money. I probably had room for one extra oomph player and, and I misjudged right. the market a little bit. Spend but again, that's the good thing. It's, it's a really challenging format. So if you haven't tried it, give it a shot. And if you have tried it, you ever want to talk about the format, you know, Hit me on right. Twitter. I'd love to talk to you about it. End up spending eighteen dollars on DJ Chark. I understand. <laughs> um, um, you know that that is awesome. It was really cool seeing you guys uh, do that at the expo. One thing we didn't get a chance to do a lot of um, was something that I, from what we've heard, um, is something that you partake in, Scott. Um, we didn't get a chance to play any shuffleboard. Um, I have Travis- a, I have a very specific question for you um, from one of our new friends and one of your older friends oh let's see here who here's the question okay who are the reigning shuffleboard champions at your favorite bar and why is it not you and brad evans yeah this is obviously an andy Barron's question <laughs> so this is this is what happened there there's a, a bar in um santa monica is it the daily pint i think it's called the daily pint it became kind of our go-to when we would have Yahoo meetings. Again, this dates back to the Funston era, to the Evans era. They're, they're awesome guys. Nice. They, you know, Brandon is at The Athletic now. Uh, Brad's done a bunch of things. Also, get get well, Brad. He just recently was in a bike accident. Yes. He's on the rehab oh, I didn't see front. That. Uh, great guy. And uh, he's, you know, he's a, he's a real tough son of, son of a gun. I'm sure he'll be back in, uh, in a Brad Evans groove soon. So sure. we ended up at this bar. And you were doing what you do at a bar. You drink, you tell stories. You, uh, right. If you're me, I go over to the jukebox and like spend every cent I have because I'm just <laughs> crazy like that. And they had this bar shuffleboard game. And um, it turns out this specific night, 
Um, J- the actor Jason Patrick was at the shuffleboard game and was kind of monopolizing huh. it. I had had a few adult beverages. I went up to Patrick and I said, hey, uh, first of all, I loved you in Smoke Jumpers, which was uh, the fictitious movie that he's in in, in, the, in the TV series Entourage. I don't know if anybody ever saw oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Entourage hasn't really aged well. I'm not sure you could make Entourage in the, in the year 2022. Not at but anyway, all. Right. Back then, it was kind of a fresh thing for Patrick. He was in this fake movie. So I, I said, I loved you in uh, Smoke Jumpers. You're great. And he, so he laughs. And what I a great him. intro. Yeah, that was my intro. <laughs> I loved you in Smoke Jumpers. One of, one of my fancy football teams is still called Smoke Jumpers. But anyway, so I talked to him for a minute or two. I said, hey, you know, we were looking to play a game. I, I'm not sure how long you guys are going to be playing. He said, oh, well, yeah, we're, we're just playing one more game and we're going to leave. And so I, I said, I said, okay, cool. I walked away and I guess he went to shake my hand or fist bump me or something. And I didn't notice it. And it looked like I was just big time. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not shaking your hand, Patrick. So <laughs> no. the, the, for the rest of the trip, I was known as the guy who like big time, Jason Patrick, who, like, you know, just <laughs> went over to Patrick, shoved him off the shuffleboard table, you, you know, and then just said, no, I'm not shaking your hand. I'm out of yeah. here. I, I just like didn't notice a fake it. movie, sir. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah. You're great in a fake movie. Why don't you make a real movie that people like? <laughs> so, um, oh, okay. That's all true. And it was fun. And said, so what happened is Evans and I were ended up being teammates and we won, I don't know seven eight games in a row we ruled the table that night and it became known that if we were to go back there evans and i were going to partner up and so i don't know i, I mean i mean this honestly and i realize people listening don't care but you know barons barons will, this will get back to barons it's a, yeah course. it's a great get his story ears to the grindstone so i have to, I have yeah, to talk the word smack. raining was in all caps by yeah. the way yeah i have to talk, talk <laughs> smack to barons the, the, yeah the, i always out. say to barons look what what are Brad and I lifetime at that game? Twenty nine and four or something? I mean, we have a ridiculous record, like like a I Walter Johnson Cy Young record, you know. <laughs> but one time, him and I think Jeff Erickson beat us, and Barons has never let us. It was you know, like NC State. I'm dating myself again. NC State winning the NCAA title <laughs> yeah. in, in nineteen eighty three, or the Cardinals, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, Jeez. the year they won eighty three games. They won the World Series. I think that was two thousand five wow. or six, something like that. Yeah, they really weren't that good. They just get in the tournament. You know, basically wow. Barons and, and Erickson. I'm not even sure if it was Erickson. I know Barons was part of the team. <laughs> and Erickson hasn't been dining out on this forever since, but Barons yeah. has. Um, yeah, they had they had their moment. You know, um, they, they they had the big upset, and, and they're living off it. Yeah, and so all they I are the say, reigning champs. Yeah. All, all I know is this. <laughs> all I know is this, Andy. You get any partner you want. You get... Funston, you get Erickson, you get Jason Kabak, our editor, you get Jason Patrick for all I care. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get Evans. You pick the bar, you pick the amount, whether it's cash, whether it's tangible items, memorabilia, you know, pink slips. I, you know, I, I don't I don't care. It's your uh, your artist Gilmore memorabilia collection. I'll throw I wanna it down, fly man. I wanna fly there to watch this yeah, live. Because you're you're you know, we, we have let him spent have it. our, you know, it's, it's like when the Yankees, I grew up a Red Sox fan and I remember the Yankees, the Red Sox were in a playoff series before the, the curse was reversed and the Red Sox won in 2004. Mm-hmm. And I think, I forget who it was, one of the Yankee coaches, it would have been Yogi Berra, said to Derek Jeter, don't worry, we've been beating these guys for 50 years. You know, you get nothing mm-hmm. to worry about. We're going to win this game yeah. too. And that's basically where I come down on the, on the big <laughs> shuffleboard debate is I've been that's beating right. Barons for, for 15 years of this game. Yeah, he may have. You know, he he may win once in a while. That, that that's happened. They do the victory he spoke of did happen, but I'm sure if I played him ten times, he's one in nine. So congratulations, so, Andy. Is it a wow. specific 
game at this bar or can you find this game many places yeah it's 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 many places uh okay. but that's that's the best board i've played other places where it's not as uh, you have the little puck the little hockey puck it's oh a, you're talking right. real real shuffleboard it's not an electronic game no no it's um it's almost like it's a version of two. like bocce kind of like yeah, you, yeah. you want to throw the shuffleboard. you want to throw the puck as far as you can yeah. down the alleyway without going into the over the edge you yeah we've got that all over possible. texas i love that right. game yeah I, and so whoever has the the puck closest to the edge and then subsequent pucks get certain amount of points i'm not even sure we were scoring wow. correctly but we established I, some sort of form <laughs> of scoring and so it's, it's like you know you want to you want to get um the, the team that just recently scored has to throw first because that's a disadvantage and you want right. to like get your puck in good position and then you want to set up like a blocking puck so they can't get to it and the last throw of every sequence is really exciting because it, you know, wow. that you could be sitting on like multiple points, and then if the other guy throws the right puck and it knocks a bunch of stuff out like a bowling shot, all of a sudden it could totally change the complexion of the scoring. But yeah, man, I'm a big right. fan of it. Yeah, I I love all those any game that I mean, especially at my age now. I mean, I was an athletic kid growing up. You, you wouldn't know it looking at me now, but. You know, I play I played uh, just about everything. But now I, I play the things that you play when right. you're older. I play golf. You know, I oh, play yeah. shuffleboard. I play darts. I play pool. Oh, yeah. yeah, I like all that stuff. You, you play the precision games. Alive. You play the precision, the precision games. games. The precision exactly. games. Yeah. Exactly. Got to give them some credit. Like we, every, everyone. My wedge like, game was strong today. I'm good right. at stuff like that. If it needs, if the game requires touch, I, I cannot. There was at the expo. There was a, a flag football game. I would have been all yes, over that was. at a different part of my life. I'm now. It's just. Um, I can throw accurately. I can catch it if you throw it to me, but I can't run away from anybody right now. And I don't. My arm isn't right. as strong as it used to be, so I, I didn't belong in that. I, I guess C.D. Carter is still getting picked on because he threw an interception for the yeah. first snap for the Roto yes. World team. Yep. They, they played two snaps, one interception. Yep. They allowed like Saw a completion. And they were off the field. Yeah, Same I played over. in that game, or I played in that. Uh, that did tournament. you really? Yeah, I did. I did. We. Uh, That's, this I, is why you got to get to the expo, man. Anybody so who hasn't fun. been, it's just you, you it know we're, awesome. we're 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 having fun. We're 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 playing football. We're drafting. We're we're having a drink or two. We're making new friends. We're making new connections. We're we're talking about the game. Sure. I was on the auction panel that Drew yeah. Davenport ran uh, with with some awesome guys, Jody Smith and and uh, Doug Orth was on that panel, and, and one other person I can't remember the name right now, but that was so much fun. We had great just walk up for that and the questions and everything. It's, it's just a convention. Yeah. Of really good people, of you know, old friends, new friends. Uh, the the industry is getting more diverse. You know, there's an awesome kick-ass right. panel of, of women fantasy analysts. And that I saw was, that. That was yes. standing room only. You literally couldn't get a seat in that room because of how cool yeah. those ladies are. So um, we're awesome. in a really good place fantasy-wise as, as the industry is going. And, and that's because of people like Andy Barron's, who's the FSWA president. It's because of people like mm -hmm. Bob Long. Who runs the expo? Scott Fish. Who runs the fishbowl? I, I, you know, just people okay. like that. Are they just, work their butt off to put that. Yeah, thing they're on. awesome people, and I just, you know, I salute all of them um, because it, sure. it's it's they are the backbone of what makes this industry great. Yep, could not agree more, man. All right, let's could talk some football, Dustin. Yeah, let's do it. Oh yeah, forget. Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not just here to talk about electric shuffleboard. Okay, this is the. Uh, <laughs> We are I don't know fans. why in my head I thought you went up to him and were asking him like, "Are you done with this game?" And I'm like, because in in Texas, like I I went to TCU in Fort Worth. We had a shuffleboard bar right by TCU, and you just go up and you play the winner. The winners, They're, yes. Yeah, it's, right. you just kind of most barfings are like that. Like you're playing yeah. pool, the winners play all night. Yeah, right. that's why sure. when you were like, you asked him if he's done here, I was like, right. you got to beat him. 
But if, if it's I like a one cha- person, I may have deal. even challenged him. For all I know, I may have challenged Jason Patrick. It's been a while. Now. <laughs> yeah. You know, at, at what point does it get to be annoying that you're winning so much? Though it's like, yeah, like I wanted to play a couple games. Like now I Keep can't. Winning. I losing can't sucks. just leave. <laughs> losing, you know? yeah, right. Losing. There's yeah. a podcast name. Have you have you tried losing sucks? <laughs> we'll try it. We're gonna we're gonna workshop some things. Okay. Uh, but uh, we do have some stuff to get into. We've we've look. We've done our research. Obviously, we just love your stuff as well. Um, you know, just whatever. Um, without you joining the podcast, we read it. Um, one of the things that stuck out to me, Scott, you have an article that you you know let out recently. Um, you call it your all boring team. And a couple of names stuck out. Um, one of them that I wanted to bring up was Nick Chubb. You, you, you bring him up on your all-boring team. One of the questions I wanted to ask you, though, is can you kind of give us some insight and tell us how you factor in like things like strength of schedule or uh, when you're evaluating players? Because um, recently on the podcast we've had you know, previous guests tell us you know, Nick Chubb is one of the guys that they're keying in on to have a hot start with his with his schedule, is there anything like that that factors into your decision making or any other things that you take into consideration? Well, I'll admit that the the Cleveland schedule had nothing to do with Nick Chubb making the all boring team. It was just a matter of that I thought he's had a career arc where people are not as interested in Chubb. He doesn't catch a lot of passes. Uh, the right. big story, obviously, in Cleveland the whole offseason has been the Deshaun Watson circus. They may have the weakest team with Watson out, and, and, and I mean. I just wish they hadn't signed. I I, I hate talking about yeah. Watson and yeah, you know, I don't I don't want to get all moralistic on it, but it's just not a good look for the league or, or for the it's team. It's not fun. You know, they they traded a bunch for him. They they gave him a, bu- a big contract, and you know he's obviously done some stuff that he deserves to pay a penalty for. They finally agreed on that penalty, and so right. hopefully we can all move forward. But I, I would have liked if he sat out the whole season. Yeah, I think everybody yeah. everybody's in that boat for sure. So. As far as schedule goes, and I'm glad you brought up the early schedule. And again, I haven't grinded the Cleveland schedule, but I actually have a different take on scheduling than a lot of people do. I think there's some people who just don't take it that seriously. And there's other people who say, oh, I'm going to gang up on this great December schedule this team has. Look, they're playing all these weak defenses and everything. And my my feeling is the NFL, and that may be true in some cases. I mean, maybe what we expect to happen will happen in some cities with some defenses with them. I think the NFL is a snow globe league and just so much chaos is going to go on and, and injuries and defensive schemes are going to gel and defensive schemes are going to fall apart. And some cities will have bad weather in, sure. in December, but who's to say, and you know, remember the last couple of years has been COVID cancellations. The schedules actually changed at times. Yeah. My feeling is get off to a good start. If you're going to grind anything, but one of my favorite fantasy expressions is I play fantasy football with a microscope, not a telescope. And that is, I want to look really closely at what's in front of me and try to figure out what's going on with it. I don't want to look months ahead, which right. in the NFL is such a long period of time, and try to guess. I get it. We, we think the Texans are going to stink, or you know, we, we think the Lions will probably right. have a losing record. The Bears don't look very good. No, but every year in the NFL, there are teams that finished last the previous season who make the playoffs. There are teams that yep. made the playoffs who don't. And, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of it is just the variance of the game. The way the ball bounces, you know, last year the the Ravens, who were almost always in the playoffs every year, didn't make it. They had an unbelievable run of injuries. I think most people think they'll be back this year. There's just so much you can't know. So when it comes to scheduling, if I'm going to look at strength of schedule at all, uh, I would look at maybe the early part of the schedule. Like the Denver defense has been one of my favorite picks. It's really simple. 
they open Seattle. the season at Seattle and then they hope they host Houston. And I think looking through my microscope, not my telescope, I think Seattle and Houston are poor teams. Although I have a little bit of a thing for Davis Mills. I think he's not Thank that you. bad. Yeah. Thank you. You're, you're getting two back to back 15 point weeks from your defense. Yes. And then I'll worry about week three nice. and week three. I'm not, and I'm, yeah, I, yeah. I cannot even tell you who's Denver's playing in week 15. I want to be four and one. I want to be three and oh. I want to be right. somebody who's in a position of leverage early in the season. And then I can make those two for one trades where you're obviously benefiting. Or I can right. pick off guys off the waiver wire because I don't need yeah. to win at all costs in week six. I think getting right. off to a fast start is underrated. I think playing, I, look, you want to be in the playoffs. I get it. And when yeah. there's a time to plan for the playoffs, there's a time I'll do it. I'm just not going to do it in August. Right. No, that's a good point, and it terrifies me. Uh, we just had our home home league draft, and I I, I always leave with this. It, I feel like I'm like gaslighting myself into being optimistic uh, about about my team every year. I'm like, man, I did a really great job, and then 15 minutes will go by. I'm like, but did I really? Did I really that's do a, a home good job? league for you though? Um, you know, we're very competitive, and you know, especially I, I like that take. I like that, that, um, advice that you look at, at it with a microscope instead of a telescope. That's because you get, you get so many guys that are talking about, well, this, this playoff matchup and we have to, we have to, you know, plan for this. Like you, you have to get there first. You have, you know, especially you, you just, you know, great example, the Browns offense, you have 11 games where the starting guy that they thought they were going to have is not going to be there. You could you could draft Amari Cooper at any point, and then that you could very well be burning a pick. You know, it, heck, we've talked to people who have him as their wide receiver fifty. So it's it, it is a wild, wild ride. So much stuff sure. you won't know too. I mean, for all we know, a month from now, Kareem Hunt could be getting thirty five or forty percent of the touches in Cleveland, or could not be a Cleveland Brown at all. Right. Those are right. both on the table. I think you know. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, by the way, Dearness Johnson, one of my favorite. If you're in a medium or deeper league and you're looking for a, a dart throw, um, I think he can play. Uh, he's somebody yeah, I he's would good. take. And again, a lot of those dart throws you're going to end up dropping anyway, and maybe you can't wait. Right. I, I think Dearness Johnson may have a, a relevant moment this year, and I think the Browns like him. I think they paid him a lot for a, a, ostensibly a third string running back. I don't think they view him as a third yeah. string running back. I don't think Nick. Uh, I don't think Kareem Hunt's going to be on the team past this year, and, and maybe he'll be traded. It could take an injury yeah. somewhere else. I mean, the trades don't happen that often. The NFL after the trading cycle kind of happens. Yeah. But but Cleveland but, might be in a spot where they say, we might as well. We gave up a lot. Let's get some picks back. For sure. And what happens if, um, say, I don't know, say the Buccaneers lose Leonard Fournette tomorrow, or you know, say the Rams Immediate lost Cam Akers. <laughs> yeah. So an obvious right. – um, the, the sad thing is that Kareem Hunt would probably fit the Ravens best of all, and you would think Cleveland and – Oof. Baltimore would be unlikely to trade. What if, what if the Colts lost Jonathan Taylor and they said, you know, we we don't have yeah, the right replacement here. Kareem Hunt makes sense. I, I think maybe it might be an injury that opens up the the windows for a Hunt trade. Sure. Of course, Hunt could get hurt himself too. We know how much attrition is at the running back position, but this well, just uh, underscores yeah. the original point, which is that it's a yeah. snow globe league. Let's try to make good decisions, and let's just not say that everything's random because you know there are some patterns, and we want to still make good choices. Right. But let's not pretend that we can look into December and say, "Oh yeah, I know how this is going to work out," because yeah. just so much of it is unknowable right now. Do you play sure. to follow up on that uh, microscope mindset? Do you play dynasty? A little bit, not a not little very bit. much. I'm I would not claim to be a dynasty expert. This is my first, well, my second season, my first full off season playing dynasty. And 
I play it kind of with that same mindset of I want to play with what's right in front of me. I want to win now. I will trade future draft picks and rookies. Give me the one to two year window. If things aren't going my way, then I can move a vet to a contending team for I can always get the pits the picks back. Um, but I got bashed for it and bashed for it, and we're seeing, including Dustin, he's starting to. He, you know, he was obsessed with rookies and picks, and now he's starting to picks. see. I love picks. It's an it's only addiction. fun if you're competitive, because then you wait an entire off season to not to still not know if you're competitive, because things are changing so quick. Things do right. change so quick. I I got it. I forget who ran it. Somebody ran a best ball dynasty draft and a best ball dynasty super flex draft that I did. It started last year, and one of the. Co- one of the managers in the league is my good friend Michael Salfino. We actually do a, a podcast called The Breakfast Table. That if you never, it's a very uh, small fee for that. If you if you like anything that we're talking about here today, check that out. Uh, Mike yeah, and I kind of, we kind of argue like an old an old friend. People call us an old married couple. We're, we're not married. <laughs> He's married to somebody else. I have my own girlfriend. That's but, just good chemistry. Yeah, it's good chemistry that we argue a little bit with each other. We have different viewpoints. Yeah. He's more of a stat person. I'm more of a market manipulation person. But anyway, we get this keeper league, uh, dynasty league, last year, and they're doing a slow draft. And he starts getting on my case because I'm drafting. I'm drafting like I do most keeper leagues. I draft like the league is going to disband at the end of the yes. season. I'm just trying to pick the best team. A lot of them do. The end and, is near. Right, right. Yeah, a lot of them do. And that's a lot of times a turnoff for me sometimes in keeper leagues. It's like like one guy's leaving the league and he says, oh, it goes to his buddy and hands him like three players or something. But yeah. you get to make sure you have to have solid managers when you get in a keeper yeah. league because yeah. you're only as strong as that. The the weak managers, you know, they can have they can affect any league, but they can really ruin a keeper or dynasty league if you don't have the right people in it. So make sure you know who you're getting involved with. But anyway, yeah, Mike's giving me crap because I was doing exactly what you said you do. I, I was playing what's in front of me. Play to figuring, win. If if you win that first year or second year, you've paid your league dues for the next seven eight years for sure. And you know this year, so this year in these leagues, we we did our rookie draft and everything. And I'm afraid to go back and look at where Damian Pierce probably went because I don't think he went that early. I'm sure. Yo, so I cashed in one of the leagues. I think I came in second. So I'm like, oh, this, this kind of stinks. I have rotten position for rookie picks. Right. I'm sure I could have had Damian Pierce. I just didn't know that Damian Pierce was Damian Pierce yet. Or I could have had Isaiah Pacheco. I didn't know that Isaiah Pacheco was Isaiah Pacheco yet. Well, right. and we'll see. No, so should right. people wait to do their rookie draft until right before they do their real draft or after? That's a great question. Or all one draft right before? I think there's no right or wrong. I think it's fun to draft early. It's fun to draft, you know, middle of the summer. It's fun to draft late. The thing about drafting early is that if you connect dots, if a you're like, for example, you know, JJ Zacharyson, a uh, great member yes. of the industry, he's been on Pacheco really early. So he was scooping him up at like the bare minimum cost. He, he wrote him up in his draft guide and all that. Mm-hmm. Now you have to elbow people out of the way for Pacheco. You could even right. argue that the market's corrected too much. Maybe he's a bad pick now, depending <laughs> on where the, the slot is. Why would like you to, have him against guys like James Cook and Alexander Madison? What's the format? Uh, standard scoring. Ooh, man, that's okay. a great that's a great question. Um, they'd all be in the same bucket. This is a really cop out answer. I'd like to have exposure <laughs> to all three of them. The right. thing is, I don't think Madison's capable as long as, long as he stays in Minnesota, which I, I don't see any reason why he won't be. He really needs to have an injury to Cook, or else he's just, he's he's just you know what we call a handcuff or an insurance guy or something. Yeah, he's like not that. playable at all. He can't. He doesn't have standalone value. Right. We would like to think maybe Pacheco or could have yes. standalone value. Maybe he could Please. steal the job from Ceh. I don't think anybody at this point thinks Ceh is a special player. 
right. was probably overdrafted by the Chiefs. God knows he was overdrafted in fantasy. Williams opted out. People thought, okay, it's go time. It's Andy Reid. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's the Chiefs. Over Jonathan Taylor. Ugh. Yeah, man. It's hard to believe, right? But that's that's the way football is. Um, yeah. Cook, the thing that threw me with Cook in Buffalo is I did, I thought they were done with Zach Moss in the sense. I thought they were he may not make the team. He's not going to be a factor. And the drumbeat of Zach Moss having a role, and who knows, maybe that Willer won't come to pass when the games actually count. But the fact, and maybe they're trying to talk him up, maybe they want to trade him. I yeah, I've seen him get picked up on a lot of dynasty waiver wires. This, I thought this Zach week. Moss was. I thought Zach Moss was kind of a okay. This isn't happening. He can't play. Um, Singletary is a good player, but he's you know he's, he's undersized. He's he's barely two hundred pounds. We need another guy. You know, right. uh, Cook obviously has a good pedigree. You know, his his uh, brother is, is in Minnesota, is one of the stars of the league. So, oh, does he play up there? Oh, that's good. I didn't see I didn't see <laughs> the Moss getting relevant again. But that that's that's the great thing about fantasy football and yeah. running backs, right? Is that changes guys guys that you give guys who are given up on for dead or guys who we thought sure. for fullbacks. You know, we we all remember. Yeah, uh, who was the guy? Uh, Peyton Hillis, right? Peyton Hillis had that oh, yeah. one season where he goes to the Pro Bowl. He ends up on the cover of Madden. And Madden, yeah. <laughs> totally irrelevant for the rest of his career. Oh, you know, I remember, remember one year, C.J. Anderson. Oh, C.J. Anderson had a two-month. Um, I want to leave because of C.J. Anderson, the guy yes. who I beat. I eked into the playoffs at seven and six. I had, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not proud of this, but it was a league that I wasn't paying a ton of attention to. I was just in a lot of leagues. It was on a format and a platform I didn't spend a lot of time on. So the week that C.J. Anderson was available, I had a lot of fab resources that other people didn't. I'm like, oh, well, I obviously need a running back. This team, this this plant has not been watered in a month. So I went <laughs> right. all on for C.J. Anderson. He went crazy. I eked into the playoffs, and then he just basically wow. won the title for me. He went and the nuts. person I beat, I don't want to, I don't want to call him out because he's he's a good guy <laughs> and he's in the industry, and I don't want to, you know, make it sound yeah. like I'm, you know. In his darkest hour, here. yeah. But he's still giving me crap about him. You and your CJ Anderson, your <laughs> team was garbage. You know, you. you shouldn't have been in the playoffs. Blah, the blah, unsung blah. heroes. It's, they it's live in infamy. It's it's happened to me. Last year I was in a league. I went fifteen and one or something like that. The guy did not pay attention. He had a super team. The entire like he he drafted a super team and left it. Didn't play pay attention. The the first week of the playoffs, he decides to, to set a lineup, and then I lose. Like you gotta be kidding me! Like that—that that I understand. Like you, just if you're gonna leave, just stay gone. <laughs> you know, right? You know, um, in a in a really competitive league that I've been in for years is, is a guy named Mark Stopa, who used to do some work for RotoWire. He he's bounced around the industry. He he's a, used to be a lawyer. He does some different stuff now. One year he decided to, to start the Stopa Law Firm League back when he was a lawyer, and he put up a bunch of money, his own money. Oh, and wow. invited all these RotoWire and Yahoo guys, and we, we it was a super flex auction. And a few years we went to Vegas and did it. And, and oh, one year I, it was awesome league. I won the first year, uh, Russell Wilson's rookie year. He was the first guy auctioned yeah. off. Uh, Funston wanted him. He's a Seattle guy, and I had become friendly with Doug Farrar, who at the time I don't remember if he was with Football Outsiders or he might have been working for Yahoo. Doug's been with a couple of different outfits, Sports Illustrated. I think he's. Uh, sure. I forget who he's with now. Maybe. Um, for um, for the win, maybe he's he's written a great book called the uh, the genius of desperation. Doug Farrar is a really smart football That's guy and somebody you should follow if you can. Anyway, I'm on a radio show with Farrar in the summer. Oh, cool! And uh, just as a one off, and he's telling me, yeah, I, I know that the the Seahawks paid a lot for Matt Flynn. Russell Wilson's going to be their quarterback. He's going to be a star in this league. I know he's a third round pick. I know he's not that tall and everything, but he's going to be great. And so, okay, armed with this this information from Farrar, and I love giving him the credit, I basically became, you know, second on the bandwagon. It was all Doug, but I jumped on, 
sat next to him and, you know, said, hey, you, Russell Wilson. And, I, and then I saw Russell Wilson play a preseason game against Kansas City, yeah. and he was unbelievable. I'm like, oh, my God, Doug's right. Yes. This guy's going to be great. Yes. So I made sure I got him. Long well, long story short, I, I ended up winning the league that year. Uh, beat Dalton Dalton in the finals. Wilson actually had a, oh. kind of a tepid rookie year because they didn't give him the keys to the offense, but he went ballistic mm-hmm. down the stretch. He was really, really good in December and showcased that he was going to be a star someday. So I, I win the league that year. I come in second the next year. And I, I forget if it was this year or the year after, but one year, Astopa, the guy who ran this league, the guy who put up all the extra money, he had the best team in the league by far. And, and he had uh, one of the great Gronkowski years, and he had like maybe the number one quarterback that year. He just had, he, by points scored, he was so far ahead of everybody else. Yep. And I got in the playoffs as like the 6-5 or 6 C with this little MacGyver team held together by scotch tape and glue. <laughs> and I play Stope in the semifinals. And it's all house money because he's supposed to win. He's got the loaded team. Yeah, and I got this crummy little wild card team. And I played Matt Castle that week. Superflex. I played Jordan Todman that week. He was oh my like, God. like a one week, a one week of relevance pickup. Jordan <laughs> oh Todman. God. And uh, it just so happened Stopa's team had an off week. Castle did just enough. Gosh. Todman you know, might have had like 80 yards and a touchdown. He didn't go crazy or anything. Wow. And the whole the whole week, he's like, you beat me with Matt freaking Castle and Jordan freaking Todd. But he still will say, if I would say, hey, Mark, Mark, remember that playoff game? He'd go, yeah, Matt Castle, Jordan Todd. I remember yeah. it. That we was the best team years. I've ever had. Like Jalen so, Samuels a few years ago. Yeah, like, the, so the takeaway know, to man. this for me, because I know a lot of people will say, well, the joy of fantasy is that time I had the best team and I, you know, mm-hmm. I went undefeated and all that. And I'm not saying that isn't fun. But for me, the true joy of fantasy is when the other guy has the team and you beat him because you picked up the right defense. Yes. You beat yes. him because right. you, you hooked up. You know, one year Billy Volek and Drew Bennett went bananas in the fantasy playoffs, and wow. if you got that connection, they probably you know you probably beat some teams you weren't supposed to beat. I think that's more satisfying. When you know, I, I like Jonathan Taylor like the, as much as the next guy, yeah. or Justin Jefferson as much as the next guy. But when you beat the him with Matt Castle everything. and Jordan Todman, man, you leave a mark. Yeah. It's it's yeah. really fun. <laughs> I call that. They never forget chaos. those names. They don't forget. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah, man. You know it's. You only need one game like that, man. It's it, all it takes is one for it to change your like. We've got a uh, we've got a. Um, it's actually Travis's father. We we draft with him, and he's a he's a big Nick Foles guy. Ever since he won a championship with Nick Foles, Nick yeah, Foles he beat me in the that. Super Bowl with Nick Foles. I was like, yeah. you got to be and I'm a Patriots fan. Nick Foles beat us in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Brady threw for five oh five. They never punted, and they somehow lost. I don't. Nobody's gonna feel Wild sorry for game. Tom Brady, but yeah, but Nick Foles. <laughs> Poor guys. <laughs> Nick Foles is awesome too. You know, um, there's yeah. a guy named Sam Farmer who's a LA Times um, sports writer. I'm, I'm friendly with on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He, I believe he's a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And his pinned tweet is a quote from Nick Foles talking about how important it is in life just to make mistakes and screw up and own own those mistakes. And that's how you learn. That's how you grow. And right. it's such an awesome quote. I think Nick Foles is just one of the most relatable guys in the NFL. He and gets signed I, immediately. Every he's year a now. Great, he's a great you know, backup. He's a great room right. guy. He can play if he needs to. And let's not forget, not only did he win that championship after Wentz, who was probably going to be the MVP, got hurt. Right. But Nick Foles, I'll never forget this. He also had a 27-touchdown, two-interception season. Yeah. Like a quarterback oh, rate of like 119 or something like that. He right. had one of the great one-off. With where the, did this come Chip from? Chip Kelly's seasons. team? Chip Kelly. Yeah. Chip Kelly, right. Great call. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just – I'm for Nick Foles, man. I, yeah. Nick Foles is a positive guy. You know, he's at ups. He's at downs. He's at – injuries he's been kicked around he's bounced around the league he's been booed he's been, right. you know but he's he's you know he's still in there slinging it and doing the yeah. best he can and then there's a lesson to that you know if, if i'm a for good sure. fantasy for player sure. now 
it's because of things I did wrong. I think one of the first drafts I was in, we were the first team to take a kicker, and the whole room laughed. And you know why they laughed? Because it was really freaking stupid. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> but I I was allowed to make my mistake in 1993 right. with nobody else except for you know nine buddies around me. You know, um, wow. that's how we learn is by doing you know doing things wrong and trying to learn from them. Absolutely. It's true. You know, and exactly making mistakes. You know, one mistake that I don't want to make though this year, and I need I need. I need help figuring this this guy out, Scott, because I don't know if it's a mistake to take Gabe Davis this year. Like, are you in? Are you in sixth, seventh, eighth round? What what is too expensive? Is there is there is he going to catch four t- you know four touchdowns and two hundred eight yards every every you know game? <laughs> a great question. He, um, I think, after the first round. Because, you know, people talk the most about the first-round players. I think Gabe Davis, maybe after the first two rounds, Gabe Davis might be the most talked-about player in fantasy. And yeah. and actually, uh, I mentioned the Breakfast Table podcast. Michael Salfino and I just did our wide receiver preview, and we got in a really long debate on Davis. And man, I, I hate the side I come down on because it's, it's not the fun side. I mean, look, the last thing he did is he had a four-touchdown game in the NFL's game of the year that everybody watched together. Right. Yes, I mean, well, nobody will ever forget that football game. Classic you know? game. Uh, I, one of the best games I've ever seen. It may be the, it may be the best non-Super Bowl I've ever seen. I think I the Super Bowl exactly is their own category. But what a what a football game. And Davis was the star of the game with four touchdowns. But yeah. And, and Salfino's take was, okay, well, there's, there's significance to that. You can't have a four-touchdown game in a playoffs and not be a great player. The, the Bill James term, signature significance. And I actually agree yeah. for the most part with the point that Mike's making. But the problem I have is that I think what Gabe Davis did and what he's expected to do this year has been baked in so heavily to his ADP that I need yeah. to draft him like he's already a star. And yeah, right. I'm uncomfortable doing that. So, okay, I'm on a 12-team start from Fresh League. You're starting three quarterbacks, uh, three receivers. Uh, Gabe Davis might percolate in the fourth. He'll probably go in the fifth. And that's just a, an eyelash too early for me. If I could get him in the sixth, be sixth round, I'd be Hollywood, fine. Uh, right around them. Mooney, those guys, are you are you taking all those guys over game? Again, this sounds like a cop-out. At, at some point, I'll probably do the FOMO and take one Gabe Davis share, just so if he's awesome, I'm not left out of it. But I think he, I think he's like a half round to a round too expensive for my taste. And yeah. they have so many good players there. Obviously, um, Diggs is one of the best receivers, one of the best route runners. Shout out to Matt Harmon, who does all that reception perception stuff and he's he's been on digs you know since the moment he, he came feels like the only one in that offense that going into that week at eleven fifty five or central time five minutes before kickoff you know digs is going to get his outside of him it's a roulette with the with the bills offense for sure i mean you know hunt uh dawson i almost said hunter knox dawson knox you know had is mostly touchdown deodorant last year but he had a breakout season what if old miss had a quarterback they once had dk DK Metcalf, AJ yes. Brown, and Dawson Knox. I know Knox was hurt a little bit, and I think Knox actually played quarterback in high school. He may yeah, have been Elijah quarterback. Moore. Yeah, I, I love the former quarterbacks. The Patriots want a team of them, right? You get Jacoby Myers, right. Julian. Yeah. They always <laughs> yeah. love. Yeah. That, and then you find out, like, oh, does uh, Odell Beckham is left-handed? He just threw an option pass. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, Buffalo man. I mean, look. The funny thing is, and Mike kind of laughed at me when I said this. The part of their receiving room that I'm most likely to draft. It needs to be a deeper league, but I probably have more Isaiah McKenzie than anybody yeah. else, only because he's just so inexpensive. If, if you like McKenzie, you're more likely to get him. I mean, there's certain draft slots. Again, if you pick second in your draft, you'll never get digs. You won't take him second. He won't be there when he comes right. back to you. 
I'm kind of a McKenzie guy. I, I hate. I can't believe that's not Crowder. I thought all off season, and I'm a Crowder that's a fan great too. sign. What a great sign for them. Yeah, and what then, a are we sure McKenzie are we all sure him? Is it gonna be McKenzie? Like, that's really we're my not question. sure. We think because, so. But we're not I positive, feel like, right? I feel like Crowder's got to be the guy, you know? He's like, so good. Isaiah McKenzie's been around for how long? Six years or something like that? Like, right. You think what's what's Crowder good at, right? He's a really good space guy. He's a zone beater. Right. He's a great third down player. You know, he's a classic he veteran. He's not, he gets open, moves the chains. He's not going to demand. He's not going to run to the press and be like, hey, I, why did I get three targets this week? You know, he's just a really right. good character guy. Um, I always liked him at Washington. I thought he was good in the Jets, too. Mm-hmm. So underrated. maybe maybe Crowder maybe you buy the dip on Crowder. I mean the the point here with Buffalo is that and I'm not going to be the first team to take a quarterback in a fantasy draft. So I'm out on Josh Allen. I hate saying that. I mean he's if I had to bet my life on who would be the most valuable fantasy quarterback, I think you'd have to bet Josh Allen or probably at least consider right. him. But I can't I can't take him with the position so stocked in a league where you only start one. If you start two, it's different. The calculus right. totally changes. But For so. Sure. I'll have draft slots where I don't get digs. I've said that I'm not going to take Allen. I've said that maybe the price on Davis is a little bit too high for me. It's like, but man, these are the Bills. They're the Super Bowl favorites. I got to have some piece of this. You want so maybe piece. it's McKenzie. Maybe it's Crowder. Maybe I actually, you know, I, I feel a little bit isolated on this. I'm not as down on Devin Singletary as a lot of people are. I like the way he finished last year. I yeah. know that they don't view him as He can play. Now. He can play. And we're in a league of platoons. If they, I just hope yeah. they can reduce that. Here's the thing with backfields with me. Look, you want a bell cow, right? There's like five of them. You can get one of them, go go get, knock yourself out. Everybody else yeah. is sharing. Even the second round, you're going to take a guy who shares. I said I like Nick Chubb. He's going to share. Yeah. But the thing, the thing with backfields is it used to be, again, I'm dating myself, that we wanted the <laughs> primary back, the bell cow. And if a team had a running back by committee, they used the second guy, you ran away from that. Now it's two and three. If you can reduce yeah. the backfield to two guys, that's fine. If you have to go to three guys, that's a problem. So what I'm really right. hoping is I have some Singletary shares. Not like I stocked up on them, but I'm hoping this becomes a two-man backfield where I can say to myself every week when, again, five minutes before kickoff or whenever you do your lineups, Saturday night, Sunday morning, is Devin Singletary going to get 12 to 15 touches on one of the best offenses in the league today? Do I feel good about that? Okay, great. He's a very playable running back too. Yeah. I'd love him to be that. Maybe he won't be, and maybe the people who are fading him will be like, ah, told you, you should have taken Moss, you should have taken Cook, you should have... Maybe, maybe Singletary and, and Cook will outplay Moss enough to where it becomes a two-man. I mean, I hope they reduce it to two. What I also think is possible, there's no, there's no way to know this, and I don't even think the Bills know this, but I think it's possible that Allen gives up some of the rushing as he gets older, more mature. Hey, right. look, man, don't throw your body, you know, in harm's way to try to beat the Dolphins in week three. We, we need you in yeah. January when we're trying yeah, to win the Super Bowl. You need to be a hero, yeah, early in the season. Well, and maybe... especially he's, he's gotten a taste of that in the last few in the last few seasons, a taste of being deep in the playoffs, and right. this is yeah. all that matters. That's why one thing, I think sportsbooks have kind of caught up to it, but one of my favorite things for the last few years has been to, to hit the quarterback rushing props in the playoffs because I always felt, I, I never did the math on this, and somebody's probably done it, and again, the sport, if there's an angle, the sportsbooks will catch up to it quickly enough. But I always felt that quarterbacks, would there'd be a little bit more of that YOLO running element in the playoffs where right. it's like, well, what, what am I saving myself for? If we lose, yeah. I got the whole offseason. So. You play to win the game. Exactly. That's right. Herm Edwards, great man. For sure. Great, great. Hall of Famer, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> – um, 
speaking of the devil, Devin Singletary, then we're going to move on. I mean, you could do worse than I, – I don't think that James Cook is the, the guy to carry the load for that, that team. I think you could do worse than a compact, you know, guy that has a nose for the end zone in, in Devin Singletary. And where you're getting him, I mean, really, what are you losing, um, you know, in terms of where you're having to take him? But one guy, one guy, and then we'll we'll move on. I need, I just need someone to comfort me on. You've already touched on, you've already <laughs> touched on uh, Isaiah Pacheco. I need someone to comfort me on Travis Etienne. I need someone just to tell me he's going to be great. I need someone to tell me that he is DeAndre Swift. I need you to be that guy, Scott. I need you to tell me that. Um, don't don't hurt me. Give him too the truth. Much. Right, the truth. Well, I am, I am more in on ETN than not in. I'm, I'm not certainly not at the front of the ETN bandwagon, um, but I'm more in on him. I did give him a, a good ranking and write-up when I did the running back primer maybe 10 days ago or something. Go read that on Yahoo Love if it. you haven't checked it out. Definitely I talked check about it out. The, the three different running back builds. Do you like robust RB? Do you like um, anchor RB or hero RB? Do you like zero RB? Um, I'm, I'm a get one guy you really like and then load up receivers. A big thing with me, I'll get back to ETN in a second, especially if you're in a league that starts three receivers, okay? And we're talking about managed leagues, the leagues that you have to set a lineup, not best ball. Because in best ball, you can just take a bunch of receivers, you'll get the best of it. You know, if it's the McCall Hardman week, you know, his one week out of five, you'll yeah, get congrats. it. Congrats. Right. <laughs> but in seasonal, you get to call the shot ahead of time. And so my goal in a managed seasonal league, which in every league I play in has three receivers standard, I want those receivers to start themselves. I want a really strong receiver room. And so I'm not guessing, oh, is this the Jacoby Myers week or is this the Alan Lazard week? Although maybe he'll he'll graduate and he'll be, you know, outside of that that guessing game. But you know, is this the Zay Jones week or something like that? I and like I actually, that wording, the guys who start themselves. Exactly. I've I not want, heard you, that. I really you like want that. a strong receiver room. Doesn't mean you have to take all receivers to start. I like one running back I can hang my hat on. Mm-hmm. Probably a first or second round pick. It could be Chubb. It could be a lot of Aaron Jones. I, I would take Taylor early for sure. Yeah. But back to ETN. Yes. Okay. The good thing is he got hurt early. If you're going to get hurt, get hurt early, have all the rehab time. The Robinson injury, and I'm a James Robinson fan too, was much later. Right. And they had – it's look, there's a lot of bad coaching in the NFL. I think it's harder to be a positive coach than it is to be – I think this is a lot of coaches just don't help. The, the game's so complicated. Right. There are very few coaches that really move the needle. You know, Sean McVay moves the needle. Bill Belichick moves the needle. Andy Reid, John Harbaugh. That's why these guys Absolutely. you know stay in the same place for such a long time. But we know this, it works the other way too. Urban Meyer, who yeah. was a great college coach, and for whatever reason, you know, he could lord over his players and he had great assistants and whatever. Horrible. I, I you know, I'm, I'm piling on here because we all saw <laughs> it. He was he was awful yeah. on game day, he was awful during yeah. the walk-up, he was awful in the bars, he was awful kicking his kicker. Um, just the way he handled his play. He he just did not it's wild. understand. The stuff he, we heard was wild. Yeah, he, I mean, it's gotten to the point where any Urban Meyer story you were told sounded plausible. You know, he 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 joined the Tyson zone. You know, you just believe it. Urban Meyer kicked, you know, kicked his kicker. Yeah, okay. Urban Meyer, you know, groped a woman in a bar. Yeah, I, I guess it happened. <laughs> yeah. It's Urban Meyer. So, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know how good of a coach Doug Peterson is. I know he has a Super Bowl under his belt, um, but he's got to be better than Urban Meyer. I can't believe every scout was wrong about Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, Lawrence and ETN played together at Clemson. I don't think ETN's right. another CEH. I think he's a much more explosive player. I like the reports I'm getting. I mean, again, you know, for what it's worth, it's not like I'm at practice and everything. And I realize in preseason, so few players of consequence get on the field anymore because everybody's so worried about injuries. 
I, I'm old enough to remember when the preseason, the guys would play and you could watch them and make your own judgments. Now there's so little of that. But, yeah. Uh, I am, I like to say like green light, yellow light, red light on players. Oh, you know, green light is like totally proactive wheels up. Let's do it. Yellow right. light is kind of somewhere in the middle. Red light is like, I'm not going to take them. Like, you know, Tyree kill is a red light player for me. Me too. I think ETN sure. is like, like a yellow plus where I could take them. I'm not, I'm not at the head of the bandwagon, but I'd like a seat, save me a seat. I'd like some ETN. I think I'll at least mm-hmm. be at, at market share of ETN, maybe a little bit more because I think the Jaguars, much like the lot, I think the Lions are getting a lot of pub. It's like, oh, okay, you know, they covered eleven games last year. They're on hard knocks. Dan Campbell's sure. kind of fun. Jared Goff's not that bad. Swift's good, and, and you know, the Sun God was, you know, St. Brown was awesome, and Hawkinson's For pretty sure. good. And they have other receivers we like. You know, Jameson Williams might be good someday. Team. I think the Jaguars are like the poor man's version of the Lions, where they're going to be yes. frisky. I don't think they're going to win the division, but if I was going to make a bet on that division and you told me I couldn't take the Colts, I might just throw a couple of bucks on the Jaguars because I think the Titans are going to yeah. be in trouble. I think the Houston's are in a really long rebuild. Yeah, I think yeah. what Jacksonville's going to ultimately be is like a fun six and eleven, a fun seven and ten team. I hope so. And we're going to say they're going to be the articles like three weeks in, like, wow, the Jaguars have fantasy value. Wow, I'm, yeah, I can't believe how good Christian Kirk is, or wow, yeah, is is Trevor Lawrence right. like an every week starter now? I, I don't think, think that's Marvin Jones is dead yet. I don't think yes. Marvin Jones is done. I think they're going to be fun. Yeah. I think they have decent I, coaching, or at least you know not Urban Meyer coaching. And I think again, I think they're the AFC's Lions without maybe. I love the hard knocks. Bump. That's a good call. I love that. You know, if, if Doug Peterson comes out and says that his team is biting any part of the opponent's <laughs> team, then I'm, I'm, I'm in on it. I'm in like, put like them it. on my television. Like that is a hundred percent. I'm, I'm going in on the Jags. I love that. I love what you just said. There's going to be right. some value there. I've got one final question for you. Um, it's about your style and this is one of the most, polarizing things in the industry right now is analytics and graphs, which you can see on Twitter all day long or the eye test, which or the gut. Some people call it trusting your gut at two minutes till kickoff. And you're still between two guys. Which do you prefer to go with the one who's who the computer projects, who Yahoo's computers project to get nine or somebody who's projected six, but you just think is going to get more. For whatever reason, your eyes tell you this guy's better, or do you usually err on the side of the numbers? It's a great question. You, you know, I, I think back to like fantasy baseball, where it used to be the scouts ruled the world, and then and, and baseball is a much easier sport to measure because it's all indiv- it's almost all individual acts. The problem with football is all contextual, right? You know, Randy right. Moss goes to the Raiders. He's he's kind of you know just another receiver. He goes to New England. He regrets the record book. He's the star player. He was in Minnesota. Goes to Tennessee, it's like he's out of the league. Yeah, goes to San Francisco. I forgot he went to Tennessee. Yes, yeah, it's one, one of my favorite <laughs> irony jerseys is Randy Moss on the Titans. You know, people just forget it. Oh, just, it looks so wrong. I forgot about that. So you know, you, you look at like Moneyball, right? The movie Moneyball. It's like, yeah, right. and, and they, it's movie. a little bit oversimplified. They make they make it like the scouts can't even tie their shoes or you know drive to the yeah. stadium without assistance, right? They make it like, like the, biggest, yeah. the biggest idiots, cavemen, right? Yeah, I, I believe that. You have to merge both. You have to be conversant in the numbers, but you also have to go on what you see. Um, I'm not a professional football scout, but I've watched football for a long time. I try mm-hmm. to rewatch every game every week. I, I usually don't get there, but I, I rewatch it as much as I can. You, you know, what, what Yogi Berra said, you can learn a lot by watching, you know, or you can observe a lot by watching or something like that. I yeah, think right. I botched that quote. But <laughs> I think you need to go with, you need to have numbers in your mind. You need to have 
your gut and your mind. At the end of the day, the end of the day, though, understanding it's a game about stats. It's a game about numbers. They are so important. I'm more if I'm going to side to one side. I'm more of a field guy, and I'm not afraid. I often talk of a, a phrase I have uh, I coined called "friendliest loss," which is the idea that hmm. okay, let's say you're in the fantasy playoffs, and Travis, your two starting choices are between Travis Etienne and some guy the Bears picked up from the CFL who we've never even heard of, who's been like great the last three weeks. He's had like oh, three goodness. top ten finishes in a row. Right. Who do you start? Or maybe he just had one good game, okay? And somebody might say, well, you have to take ETN. He was a first-round pick. I've never even heard of the CFL guy. If I think the other guy is the right play, I'll, I'll pick him. And, and some people might say, well, I can uh, – some people might say, well, I'll start ETN because he was my third-round pick. And if I lose this because I played this guy I'd never heard of, I'm going to feel sick to my stomach, and I don't want to feel that yeah. way. Yeah. That, to me, is friendliest loss. It's, it's the guy at the blackjack table yeah. – who's got right. 15 against a king. He's like, well, I don't want to take a jack and bust, and then I'm out of the hand. Yeah. you know. But it's the right thing to do when you have 15 against a king is hit. I'm not afraid of yeah. what's going to – I think losing, just as you guys would say, losing sucks. Yeah. I want to do what I think is the right move. And if that's playing Matt Castle, if that's playing a player I didn't know a month ago, I'm mm-hmm. fine with it. If that's benching Christian McCaffrey because I, I don't know. Um, you right. know. I was in a big money league. I was a proxy. As a proxy owner, it was 2003 or 2004. I forget which season. We had Randy Moss. This league was old enough that you had to submit your starting lineup on Friday by fax machine. Oh, okay, Or maybe email. It I've never email. heard that before. Yeah, so we had a loaded receiver room. We had Randy Moss, peak of his powers. We had Steve Smith, his breakout year. Uh, we had a couple. We had Santana Moss when he was really good. And Moss was on the injury. Uh, Randy Moss was on the injury report. He's a first-round pick. Ooh. He was having a great year. And... Um, Sounded like his backup quarterback might play that week, too. Wasn't sure if we should play Moss. And so I said, well, we have this up-and-coming receiver who I like. He's got a really good matchup Sunday night. I think they're going to score a bunch of points. I don't know Moss's status. I don't know the quarterback status. I know it sounds crazy to bench Randy Moss, but I think this other guy, and I know he's not a big name right now, I think he's going to be a really good player. Let's play the other guy. And I had final say on this team. I, I, I had power oh, wow. of attorney. So he said, okay, I think you're crazy for benching Moss, but we had to make the decision on Friday, and I hate that we had to. Right. So I played the other guy. Moss plays. Moss goes crazy. He has one of those uh, Moss games. He uh, goes, like, you know, for 175 and three or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but the other guy was Reggie Wayne, who just wasn't Reggie Wayne yet. Oh, and the Colts wow. play Until that, that night. night. The Colts play that <laughs> night. Peyton Manning throws six touchdown passes, and none of them are to Reggie Wayne. Okay? Oh, Manning no. goes ballistic. And none of the Wayne, Wayne has like three catches for 42 yards. And the guy's screaming at me like, you idiot. But you know what? I, I thought Rich, I, the process look, was there. That's the process, right? I was right that, look, we didn't know if Moss would play. We didn't know the Minnesota right. quarterback situation. I thought I had an, un, and it wasn't like I thought Reggie Wayne was like a, a solid like wide receiver three. I said, this guy's going to be great. Yeah. And this guy's tied wow. to Peyton Manning. I, I really right. think something's going to happen here. And, you know, we ended up winning that league. And, again, we had Moss. We had Steve Smith the wow. year. He broke out. Santana Moss. We had, like, five good receivers. We, we only could start three of them. And Washington Santana Moss or Jet Santana Moss? I think Moss. it was the Jet Santana Moss. I think he had, like, a seven-game touchdown streak. Uh, he actually was, yeah. wasn't quite that good. But, yeah. yeah, so we had both of the Mosses. We had Steve Smith when he first went nuclear. We had such a great team. Wow. But, yeah, I'm not afraid to. I know that looks stupid. You know, you bench Randy Moss, but – I'm not afraid to be that guy. And, you know, sometimes yeah, no. you get it wrong. I'm, here's the bottom line. This sounds a lot of jabberwocky. Let me just condense it. <laughs> yeah. 
do what you think is right. Don't go by a rule of thumb. Don't go by what the fortune cookie says. Don't flip a coin. Don't go by the Yahoo projected scoring. Do what you think is right. If you yeah. if you think the right move is to play the name player, play the name player. If you think you're That's the what right makes move, it fun. Yeah, just do what you think is right because ultimately, it's you, you think playing the name player is going to make you sleep better at night. No, if, if you get no. it get it right, you're going to sleep better at night. If you get it wrong, right. if you wanted to play the the fringy guy and he goes off, you're like, I knew it. I knew I should have played Jordan Todd. Buggy all week. Do all just week. do what you think. Started is... Craig Reynolds. What was I doing? Exactly. <laughs> Craig Reynolds, right? He had that moment for for Detroit last year. Um, so. And also, here's the thing, okay? If, if Dustin's your guy, if Travis is your guy, if I'm your guy, if, if Andy's your guy, listen to everybody you respect and then make your own decisions. You know, maybe Evan Silva's your guy. Maybe JJ's your guy. Maybe Harmon's your guy. Whoever. There's a lot of good people in the industry. And I listen yeah, to sure. the people I respect. Evan, Evan Silva can change my mind or Adam Levitan can change my mind. But you know what? If Silva changes my mind and it's wrong, I don't go back to Evan and start barking at him. I made the you made your decision. choice. Yeah. I made the choice. I'm responsible for my own choice. So listen to everybody you respect. That's great advice. You know, right? Measure, you know, right. a bunch of times and then cut once. That's basically what I do. I think I it's important that. for people to get that inner circle, for lack of a better term. But your, you know, your your group, your core, and that for you sure. run these hard decisions. Your cabinet. By, yep. Your as cabinet. opposed to looking at ranks from four different sites, talk to the people that you trust and sure. make your own decision and they'll they'll hurt with you and they'll have joy with you depending on which decision you make we all have a small circle I, one of my best friends in the industry and just a, one of my best friends period is frank schwab who's the lead nfl writer for yeah. yahoo and we'll you know we, we'll we have the bat phone you know he can text me at any time and say if he has a tough decision and you know he's a really sharp guy he's not going to go for outside advice that often but we have a really good rapport if yeah. i had a tough choice and i needed to get you know uh, just a we all, we all need, I always say that we all need somebody to talk us out of a bad idea. We mentioned yeah. Chip Kelly earlier, right? Chip Kelly needs somebody to tap him on the shoulder and say, you know what, trading for Sam Bradford, bad idea. Don't do this. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think sometimes you can have too much power. You need somebody to tap you on the shoulder and say, this is a bad idea. That that girl at the bar, you think you should go say hi to, no, no, go home. It's yeah, you, and you end morning. up talking yourself through it and learning, why do I think this way? Just by hearing their opinion, even if you don't sure. agree, you kind of examine your own thought process through that. For sure. Man, Scott, great stuff today, man. Great stuff. Thank as you so always. much. My pleasure. It's, yeah. I really, really enjoyed talking to you guys. Man, it is. It's, it's been awesome. It's been surreal. Um, thank you so much for, for taking the time with us, man. Um, look forward I'm going to have to reach out to you and find yeah. a, a story to uh, ask Andy. Andy's coming on on September 6th, so think of something to uh to open that show with yeah, I, I, I gotta, i'm sure know, you got a hundred of them he's duck he's ducking me man well first barons is a great guy you will yeah, not yeah. find anybody in the industry who says anything less than glowing things about Andy. i love meeting him a couple a weeks ago team. and you know what i love about andy here's what i want people to know about andy it's other than the fact he's such a really great guy and i and i mean that he's one of my very best friends in the industry and just the salt of the earth guy but if sports went away or the nfl went away and we all had to have other jobs he'd still be a writer this guy wrote a book that, that was optioned wow. into a movie. This guy's written children's what? books. He's a writer. Yeah, there's a movie called, he wrote a book called Sex Drive, which was, um, no, I'm sorry, the book was what? called All the Way. And it was about some teenagers who met presumably a girl on the internet and they were going to yeah, go drive exactly to meet her. Yeah, I what you're talking about. And, and they, they called it Sex Drive. Seth, Seth Green was in the movie. Um, that was it, him? That was him. And if you watch that movie, wow. If you watch that movie, when they do the credits, the credits are like visual credits, and they actually yeah. show you know, based on the book by Andy Burns, and there's a picture of I'm Andy writing Burns this down right now. Yeah. I, 
I, sex drive. I want you to ask him about sex drive for 50 minutes and the NFL for about <laughs> yeah, three minutes. Yeah, this, okay. Travis, just scrap whatever we had planned for Andy on. Like, we're not going to do the draft. It's sex literally drive. just going to be talking about sex. He drive. also wrote a book called The Fast and the Furriest, which was a is a children's book. The point is, Andy is uh, and he That's before amazing. he got into fantasy, he wrote for the Chicago Reader. I don't know if he did movie reviews yeah. or music or he did some sports stuff. That's I mean, Andy's wild. just a really bright guy, and he would be – if sports didn't exist, he'd either wow. be a writer or a professor or something because he's the, just yeah, really super sharp. And, and not only that, yeah. not only is he super sharp, but he's, he doesn't need to rub anybody's nose in it, you know? I mean, he's really – he's always yeah. one of the smartest guys in the room, but he's just so He was the most humble guy I met. Yeah, he really did. is. Yeah. Awesome was, guy. The dude wakes up at ungodly hours to go run such go run. distances. Yeah, like it's all five those... o'clock in the morning. He's dripping with sweat. Like, where were you? There's no pool around here. All those bar stories I told you, like the rest of us would drag ourselves out, yes. out of bed. Andy would be like, "Oh yeah, you know, just did a light run, you know, did a light three <laughs> Unbelievable. miles, whatever." Unbelievable. He's a robot, man. Great that... guy. You blew give my him, mind. Give, him, give him hell. Give him I, hell. Yeah, yeah right. for sure. Overrated I... shuffleboard play. Do not draft Andy yeah. Barons in your can bar we, shuffleboard. Yeah, if we can, if we can send this out to the big, uh, you know, the the top dogs in the shuffleboard community, can we set up this match? Okay, this is something that the people are needing. And maybe you know at the what? expo next year. But he's against sure. big shuffleboard. He thinks big shuffleboard has ruined the game. You know, oh. it's taking it out of the daily pints and it's it's no. trying to move it to the bigger venues, right? Like you <laughs> see, like the NCAA tournament. Where they move mm-hmm. into like this really big venue and the, the players yeah. can't shoot because there's no depth perception, you know. Right. Like yeah. anything else, once it becomes big and money gets involved, it it, it, it sometimes yeah. sullies it. We need to be back. We really need to be back in Santa Monica, there's in no that divey there. little bar, the Daily Pine. <laughs> go go to the Daily Pine. It's and, something uh, that's been said for years. Money has ruined shuffleboard. It has. Uh, <laughs> Scott, thank you again. Thank you so much, um, everyone. You know, appreciate y'all listening to this. Hope you made it to the end of the podcast where you got. I, I, my life has changed. That movie was a huge part of my you know my my teenage years so that's that's amazing uh scott thanks again a million times thanks i know travis and myself are, are forever appreciative um guys that'll be it awesome show this has been episode 65 of losing sucks and as we like to end it every episode remember losing sucks don't do it